And welcome once again to join Java Biblical Discussions to Fuel Your Soul. I'm Pastor Brian, and once again joined by my colleague and friend, Pastor Kristen All. We are so happy that you've chosen to join us today on Joy in Java. And before we get much further, just want to encourage everybody, share, like, review, whatever you can for this podcast. It helps get it in front of more people. And now that that's over with, Kristen, how are things going as we're looking at at uh, getting into more of Ephesians today. Going well, Brian. Uh, you know, sometimes you have those moments where pieces of your strands of your life kind of come together uh, kind of in an exciting way. And I'm feeling that way because the course I'm taking this semester is church history. Mm. And what we've been talking about is the early church, uh, what the culture around the early church was. So, like, that is just... Uh, lining up beautifully with this passage here today. So uh, my mind is already engaged and ready to go. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, I'll just let you run the whole podcast. I'll go uh, (laughs) grab McDonald's for breakfast and come back and you'll be done. And I'll just (laughs) appreciate that. (laughs) Well, that's that, that is exciting. It is cool in life when things just kind of come together like that. And God uses that to reinforce, to teach us more, to make life just even more yeah. exciting and fun. So that's it's very true. cool when that works out. We are in Ephesians 5. We're going to be starting in verse 21. And Kristen, you want to give us a little recap uh, of how we got here and before we dive yeah. in? Yeah, I think it's really important because as we talked before, the first half of Ephesians, uh, Paul is laying out big picture, you know, what's the scope of the gospel? And um, really the main verse, to me at least, is 110, where he says, the plan is to unite all things in Christ. Um, And I think that is really helpful to remember that Paul's big message as we get to the end of Ephesians here, where he's starting to apply things. Uh, so to make sure that we are um, appropriately, you know, in, interpreting mm. stuff, right? So he's talking about how all things are to come together under Christ. It's this new humanity where there are not outsiders and insiders. There aren't those who were born into the Jewish faith and those who were not. There was definitely this idea that, you know, not everyone had equal footing. And Paul said, no, 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 that's not right. We're all equal in the family. We all have equal status, equal access to God, um, and that this was God's plan. And then he starts to talk about how that's going to happen is that the Holy Spirit through the church is going to start to build the church more and more into the image of Christ. And through that, it's going to show um, the glory of God's character to the whole world as they as they start to kind of... Um, from the inside out, sort of revolutionize how they live, how culture works, all that kind of stuff. So, mm. so that is, you know, kind of this big picture of Ephesians. So when we get to five in, uh, this is where I get excited about my crossover stuff in Roman culture, just like we have people like, I don't know, Dr. Phil or well, this is an old name, Dr. Spock, who like say, this is how it works. This not is how to you... be confused with Mr. Spock from no, Star Trek. Not, I'm Dr. sorry, Spock. I should have, should have known sorry. that that I'm was going to trigger you. <laughs> I apologize, sister. I couldn't resist. It was Continue. right out there. It was right out there. Yeah. And I did use the word engage earlier, which I thought also might trigger you. But, uh, oh, it didn't. Now I feel I know, ashamed right? as you a missed it. Yeah. Anyway, just the, their culture had people who talked about here's how life works mm. right we we have the same kinds of ideas about how life works um what how relationships work well how you structure things all that kind of stuff and so they had something that a lot of their philosophers talked about in the greco-roman world called household codes and so all these thinkers would say you know here's how you run a good household now it's really important to know mm. Because they had a hugely, very strict hierarchical society. It was all about who has power. And so those codes would have been written to the people in power, which would have been men. Mm -hmm. The men head of the household were the people who had the most power. Therefore, you since everything flows from top down, you talk Mm -hmm. to the top, you tell (laughs) them how they run it, they have the power, and then that's 
that's you tell them how to structure their life, their world, how to, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So um, it's in that backdrop that Paul says, okay, now that you're believers here, how do you live? How do your households run? How should you be reflecting your faith and what parts of what you've been taught need to shift? um, And, and how do you live in that? And we have that same challenge, right? It's like, okay, you know, I'm not working from a blank sheet. I'm working from what I've been handed, right, yeah, in my yeah. life, in the culture, in the country, in my family situations. Mm. And so the question becomes for us as believers, just as Paul is trying to help the Ephesians here, is now that I'm in the midst of this, what's the next faithful step? What is the next, how do I move forward in a godly way from where I'm at? So into that is is Ephesians 5 and Paul's response um, and, and, you know, one thing that I think is cool that I, I don't think you – I didn't know because I didn't know the history is that, is that you don't get the um, call and response. Like Paul is responding to stuff that's in their culture in the same way we might write an editorial that responds to somebody else in our culture. Yeah, so um, yeah. that's that's part of where this structure comes from is that Paul's like, you've heard all this advice and this is how it's the, you know, the rough structure, uh, but you need, I need to breathe the Holy spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to breathe God's kingdom into this. So let me tell you how you, you know, it's kind of like when Jesus said, you've heard it said, right. That you should, <laughs> you know, but I yeah. say, right. So that's the kind of, mm-hmm. the kind of back and forth that we've got going here. Um, in Ephesians 5. And I'm sorry I went on a long time. You can I tell was, my brain's got a lot <laughs> packed up here. <laughs> it's really helpful, though, and I think very well stated, too. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in, and I'll just read through this passage. And should I go all the way to 6, Kristen, or should I go through all the way to 6? I should go all the way to 6, 9. All the way yeah, to yeah, that. If you're going to read the whole household code, it, it would be through 6 yeah. 9. Um, yeah. All right, let's do that. Uh, this is Ephesians 5, starting in verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And again, I say, this is Brian speaking here. I'm going to read that verse again. Submit to one another out of <laughs> reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing, uh, let me let me do 26 again <laughs> to make make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless in this same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself after all no one ever hated their own body but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Chapter 6 Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father. I d- I'm trying to resist the urge to say amen, hallelujah. <laughs> yes, as a parent, this is good. This is a good part of this. It resonates how with we, me. We like the commands for other people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're thinking about your parents when you're saying amen. No, it's, yeah, it's you're, me you're as thinking, a parent, my kids. Yeah, you're right. You're th- exactly, exactly right. I want to make sure they memorize this particular portion. I'm just kidding. Um, oh. So that it may go well. Uh, with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Mm. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with certainty of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. 
Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each of you, each one of you, for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with Mm. him. And now mm. I breathe. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Well uh, done. Thank you. Thank you. That's well what I was fishing done. for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what are your initial thoughts, Kristen? Well, I guess my first thought is um, this is a passage where we particularly have to be careful about what we bring to the passage. Uh, you know, what we uh, lay on there that isn't really what Paul's getting at. Mm -hmm. And also um, how our culture reads this versus how they would have read this. I feel Mm -hmm. like those are the two, my first two thoughts. Um, So, you know, like what kind of things do you think people bring to this passage that aren't actually here, that aren't actually what Paul is talking about? Right, right. Well, I think that we have a lot of, baggage from our culture about what submittance means, what submission Mm. actually means, what serving each other actually means. Mm. Um, We don't, we still have it, but we don't have it like they had it, that hierarchy, the, the, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're much more um, forward thinking, I guess, with, with, with roles in our society Compared mm-hmm. to what they would have been. Th- I mean, it's, we mm-hmm. have to understand the difference is dramatic. Right. It's absolutely, I mean, probably, we, probably very few of us could have, if we take us out of our time, I'm getting a little Star Trek again because we're going to time travel. If we okay. took us I'm out of our it. own time and went back to this time, we'd probably find it suffocating. We probably would be shocked yeah. at, um, how much out, I mean, let's just take the slavery side of this, how yeah. much outward, obvious slavery is happening all around. Now, in our culture, it's hidden much more. Um, right. uh, and it's, yeah. you know what I mean? So so even well, yeah. just from that, that point of view, let alone the husband and wife thing and even the kids thing, yeah, we would be shocked at the difference in how people relate to each other and right. what kind of the rules of their society are. So we need to be aware of that. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple points there that you've hit on that are really important. One is that um, it would no no contemporary to Paul addressed women, slaves, or children in their household coats. Mm-hmm. Not even to tell them to do what their authority said. That is a given. Like, you don't even bother. Like, you don't don't address them because they don't have power. They they don't have agency. They don't have choice. They're considered like resources. They're not – they don't have the dignity of human, you know, cooperation. So as as an Ephesian reader, the thing that would – unlike how when we read it, that would have shocked us is that Paul addressed those groups, period. Um, that would have just been completely shocking. And so that is a huge difference in how we tend to read this um, over how they would have read it. The other thing that I think is super important at the outset to talk about a little bit is that um, slavery in the world, in the ancient world, was not what we think of as Americans as slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, that was um, the atrocity of completely owning a, mm-hmm. a person and giving them absolutely no dignity, no agency, not treating them as, an, as a person. Mm-hmm. It was racially based. None of that was true in the Roman world. Um, I, I, I don't know that I understand it fully, but how I'm imagining it is a bit more like if you sign up for the military in the U.S., mm-hmm. you have a certain term where you are committed. They have control over your responsibilities and where you go, but you you do get compensated for it. You're not mm-hmm. in forever. So I don't know if that's a fair c- comparison, yeah. but um, you know, uh, slaves in this world were. A, a b- closer to employees, 
I think, than we imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they were educated often. Sometimes they carried responsibility. Some of them were abused. Some of them were mm-hmm. not. Um, you know, there was usually an end game, a point in which you would no longer be a slave. So it wasn't like you were owned by someone forever. So there are some fundamental differences here um, that we also need to keep in mind as we're reading this. Yeah, we, yeah. So this is a really important passage to not heavily bring our own cultural awareness and how we mm-hmm. live into it. It's, it's hugely important here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, and again, we also need to recognize, like, Paul is not addressing in this passage any type of evilness with slavery or darkness with slavery. That's not the point in this passage, too. That's mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, why doesn't Paul just outright say slavery is of the devil? You know, <laughs> because he's dealing with the culture <laughs> that is it's it's ingrained. It's a part of who they are. And there are people coming to the Lord who are both masters and slaves, right. People, you know, and so Paul right. is addressing here in a cultural context here with these household things. This is how this is how believers and followers of Jesus. This is how the, their outlook is. This is how they seek to be. And I want to I want to read this real quick because it's actually helpful. You know, I have this study Bible, and sometimes the extra stuff written is really helpful. And sometimes it's just, you know, it can be a general statement about something, Mm. but I like this opening statement. Whoever wrote this in my Bible uh, says, he says, Paul tells us that the home should be a place where love and mutual submission are exhibited. Husbands and wives need to show love to each other and be sensitive to each other's needs. Mm. Okay. Mm. I don't know how many times, um, and I don't want to go too deep on this, but I, I just, every time, almost every time I've had a Christian man in a, any type of setting say, well, she just needs to submit or she just needs to do this. She's not doing mm-hmm. it is always for selfish gain. Mm-hmm. It is for their own peace. It is for their own ego. It's never about. It's well, hardly ever because I mean, come on, there are situations, but it's hard for me. It's hardly ever been about his wife doing anything really, truly negative or disrupting the household or sinning for sure. And it's about the selfishness of she just mm. needs to do this. This is what the Bible says, you know, and I'm the mm. man and yada, yada. So. I love this mutual submission in that we need to show love to each other and be sensitive to each other's needs. And here's why. As they do this, this author says, they reflect the loving relationship that God has established between Christ and the Christian community. And there's emphasis on the family being whole and how Mm. important that is and how our families should look different than the rest of the world. Yeah, how we serve each other and how we love each other is really a big part of our Christian testimony. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I want to, um, I, I want remind me when we get back to slaves because there's some okay. important things to be said there, um, and that's a different track that we're on at the moment. But I, I agree with you. I think, um, I think that a lot of the problem with this passage is that uh, we're working backwards. So we come to the text with some conclusions that we think are overall biblical, and then we start laying them on the words here instead of saying, what is Paul getting at yeah. first? And then and then what does that support? And what Paul is getting at is exactly what you just pointed out. The whole point of the book of Ephesians is about unity about yes. a new humanity yeah. that comes under the lordship of Christ that serves one another the way Christ served his followers which was to give up his rights his privileges his power his life his preferences mm-hmm. all for the flourishing and the growth of those who served him yeah and and whatever else you wherever else you go about men and women and their roles in the Bible, and uh, maybe we'll you know we can talk about some of those things. We all cannot argue with the fact that that is a fundamental principle that anything you build 
after that has to has to submit to that first. Yeah. Let's use yeah. the submit word, right? And like you said, I think so often because we're humans and humans like to get their own way, we we take these things and we run off and and we don't recognize the applications we're making no longer fit on that foundation, right? Like you go even to like um, uh, First Corinthians where it talks about, you know, our bodies as husbands and wives. And maybe we should just take a second and point that out. We're not talking about men and women here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about husbands and wives. So that's yeah. another place where we take this and run in different directions, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, But husbands and wives are supposed to be a picture of this profound unity where we go back to Genesis before the fall yeah. and say, we are the same flesh. Mm-hmm. We are the same flesh. We're not two separate we're we're together and and that is supposed to be a picture and when um you talk about this profound unity it starts to get real silly to talk about who's in charge or who gets to say what's what like mm-hmm. that doesn't really fit on the foundation that Paul is working on here what he's talking about is this profound unity of the two. Yeah. And, you know, when you go to, you go, I've, I've lost that thread for a second. When you go to first Corinthians, um, it talks about women, you know, give your bodies to your husbands, husbands, give your bodies to your wife. Like you can't take this. When you take this passage, a couple yeah, of verses yeah. and you divorce it from all the rest of scripture, you go really weird places. If you're going to, like you were saying, if when you went men, you know, who um, say, I want, you know, want her to submit. The first question should be, are you submitting to her? Mm-hmm. Like, let's go to first Corinthians. Like that's also Paul like this, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever else you go, you have to start there. Yeah. And in, in, it correlates to, I'm glad you brought up the first Corinthians thing, but also in John uh, 17, Christ prays a prayer his, as uh, over his disciples. And then he goes into kind of all believers throughout all time. Yeah. And it's about unity. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, that they may be one f- right. with the Father as you and I are one and that the world may believe that you sent me. And, and there's this whole thing, you know, so that they may be brought to complete unity, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Mm. So we, we have to get into, I, I think when we approach a passage like this, like we, we have to, and we've alluded to it, but we have to understand how important these marriage relationships are to God's plan for the earth, but also for our testimony as believers. And again, it's not walking in perfection. It's not we have to put on some fake show like we've got it all together and we never argue and we never whatever, you know, go through seasons of life for crying out loud. But it's a part of our testimony and how we love each other is just so important. And unfortunately, Kristen, like we said, many people approach this with division in their heart. Yeah. Not this heart of unity. And mutual submission. And then we also can't, I mean, we have to separate out to some of the cultural things Mm -hmm. um, here. Paul is not going maybe all the way with this, but he's got, he's got to get somewhere with this in his culture, just like he doesn't attack slavery and say it ought to be abolished. He's got to get there and bring people along. And so you know, in light of that, I just, this is really powerful, but the submission language is there for both of us, you know, for both sides of this. If I don't even like saying both sides of this in light of your one flesh comment, but you know what I mean, you know, right for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And that submission, I think, um, we put inferences on that word that are not biblical, right? He's not talking about allowing yourself to be abused, by someone, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we're always called first to honor God. Yes, always first, right? And um, what he's talking about is this this sacrificial love for each other, right? This um, wanting the other to flourish 
Mm. As if they are part of you, because mm-hmm. they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that flows from that marriage relationship, but it flows through all of the body of Christ. Like, you know, it is about um, recognizing that if I harm you, I am harming myself. I am I am harming the yeah. body. I am not living in God's kingdom. And that means sometimes I don't get what I want. Yeah. Shocking <laughs> Even, revelation. I know. And you know, something <laughs> else you, you pointed out earlier that um that I love, you're talking about it how it's not perfect. You know, we're in we're in this big story of creation, fall, redemption, uh, yeah. restoration. So it is okay for us to demonstrate that our faith allows for continual restoration in the midst of the brokenness. Mm-hmm. Jesus served broken people. Yeah, He allowed them to cost him. So when we show that we allow each other to cost us in our marriages, in our families, in our communities, mm-hmm. we are demonstrating God's character that what the the unity, the building up is important enough for me to spend my, you know, resources, my my pride, my preferences, my, you know, whatever yeah. to to restore things back unto the way it ought to be. Mm. And that, you know, that's part of what we demonstrate when we show two broken, imperfect people who commit to each other for the rest of their lives, knowing yeah. that it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. You know, there are benefits, but there's, it's going to cost. There are right. times when, you know, it costs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes you just want to go to your own childhood home for Thanksgiving, but your spouse <laughs> isn't none. <laughs> That's so silly. No, but, uh, but you know what? That's true, though. I mean, it's all those things, right? Yeah. It's 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 all of those things. You know, my uh, daughter just got married, and they've been together for a long time, so they've been working on this. But it, there's a cost to all of us, right? Now there's another family to consider. Mm-hmm. There's another person's preferences and needs, and there there are amazing, beautiful benefits to the expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there yeah. are costs also, and mm-hmm. if we want that to be beautiful and peaceful, then we all have to. To say no it is okay you know like right. no we we understand you have other people to consider now yeah we mm-hmm. understand that it's not just all about us and i don't want you to think it's all about oh, you right so hard yeah so hard yeah and i, you know, and the, I uh, go ahead go, oh, go ahead. ahead i was just, I was gonna, just gonna say gonna... <laughs> i was i'm gonna go now uh it's uh i i just for all clarity and uh is my camera's out of focus and I can't talk. Okay, there, now it's back in focus. Um, so for all clarity and just authenticity, like I, uh, in a lot of ways, feel like I can be a very selfish person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. is most lived out when it comes to what I do with my spare time, um, how much I'm on my phone, um, mm-hmm. You know, how quickly I might get upset with kids for just constant, you know, wanting to dad, dad, this, dad, that, you know, whatever. And um, it's mostly doubt in more of the part of my life where people don't necessarily, where it's not a public stage necessarily. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that I can sometimes hide that in the context of church and who I am as a pastor. Mm. Um, and Mm. I think this is true for a lot of us. I think we separate this part of whatever struggle might be there to really thrive after unity in this sacrificial way of living and loving and serving others. Mm. I think for a lot of people, there's this this battle between who they are at work, who they Mm. portray themselves to be in, in that type of setting or whatever professional setting, whatever we're talking about, and what actually happens at home. Mm. And so I, I just want to encourage, encourage people this because I am constantly trying to work on this and get better at this is that there, uh, there ought not to be that large of a gap or distinction yeah. in these settings. And we yeah. should really work towards that and ask for grace in that. And by his grace and, and as we open up ourselves to the Holy Spirit more and more, our testimonies will grow in power and strength when we are able to bring this unity type thinking, this, this, I'm, I want to 
not just think about my own good. I need to think about the good of others around me. And mm. I just want to say that, that Christians, sometimes we can thrive at that in the workplace, but in the home setting and sometimes in ministry situations, often I'm going to say a lot of times in ministry situations where one way at church, one way when we're mm. on the platform and yet our families experience a different side to us. And um, I got to tell you, like I've been challenged in that a lot recently is mm. I've, you know, why am I grumpy? What is going on? You know, what's, why yeah. am I not, you know, and I don't want that. I don't want that difference. I want there to yeah. be joy and unity in everything I do. Um, and so sometimes we need to stop. We need to self-analyze. And in, even in this passage, Kristen, like, like as we're getting through this, you know, and we're about to jump into the children part of this, which I'm way excited for, um, is we've got, we've got to self, we've got to internalize this folks. And we've got to be real with ourselves. Like every husband listening to this ought to be going, how am I doing? Do I love my wife this way? I mean, I go to work. I do certain things that maybe are generally expected in our culture of husbands. Is that good enough? Or is there a different standard that God holds us to as, as Christ followers, as husbands on how we serve and sacrifice and lay down our lives for our wives? Same thing for you wives, you know? I yeah. just say, hey, it'd be easy to if he did this. Yeah, it would be. But also, what are you doing? You know, and that that challenge goes back and forth. We've both probably yeah. seen those arguments. I it would be so easier if he would do this, or so much easier if she oh, would yeah. do this. Yeah. Silly. Stop it. Knock yeah. it off. You know, love and yeah. serve. And when we both do that together, holy cow, there's this amazing thing that happens called unity. And we're happier and we feel loved and we're giving the appropriate amount of love and God is glorified. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that part of what Paul is really calling people to is to trust the Lord with whatever situation you find yourself in. You know, um, if you find yourself in a place under authority it doesn't mean that um, that you have to say that that's the way the society ought to run or whatever, but he's saying, trust the Lord. You still behave like Christ, and I'll take care of you, mm. right, over time. And if he's saying, if you find yourself in a place of privilege or power, you better not take the temptation to use that. That right. is not for you. That power, that privilege is for you to act like Christ, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped at, right? But yeah. gave himself up for the flourishing of the other. So I think it's a very clear call for wherever we, how we use, this is not about who's in charge, but it, I think it is about um, how we use power and 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 what God, what, what we're power is supposed to be for the building up of the mutual flourishing mm -hmm. of the body. And so if you have a lot of power, like you have a lot of responsibility and mm -hmm. let's, you know, be real as Americans, we have a lot of power. We have a lot of economic power. We have a lot of freedom and we spend most of it making ourselves comfortable and happy. I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I do. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And so I really have to keep checking myself. Like, you know, um, where is my, joy coming from. If it's coming from Christ, it'll be a lot easier for me to open my hand and use my resources for others. Mm -hmm. If it's coming from my resources, then I am stealing from other people mm -hmm. and I'm not behaving like Christ. I, I'm I'm mimicking the world around me. Right. Um, so, mm. yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Boy, some hard-hitting stuff here and yeah, also some really personal is. stuff. I I you know, I just, I just pray guys, as you're listening to this, uh, like that our authenticity and our sharing free sets, puts a spirit of, of not fear of freedom in you to really analyze, to really dwell upon this and yeah. to take our culturally 
theological perspective of this passage that has been pushed down our throats and and to just open that up and just say, how am I doing? <laughs> you know, what is the heart of God here? And, it, and, and if we find ourselves like there's a lot of growth that can happen here. Um, and don't be ashamed of that. Don't be embarrassed by that in any way. But just feel a sense of freedom that, hey, that you're in a great spot, a perfect spot, actually. For God, if you realize there's growth that needs to happen and you say, I need to grow, Lord, help me grow. He's going to give you amazing opportunities to grow in these things. And mm. it's probably going to be through challenging circumstances because that's how we really grow. We don't grow when everything is peachy and squeaky clean. And we appreciate that. Unfortunately, and those yeah. are restful times. We should take advantage of those restful yeah. times. But, um, you know, learn and grow. And I'm, God can do amazing things in your marriage, in your own heart and attitude and perspective on life in general. Um, and, and I, you know, it's really like I want to try to train there's a, we could we could have done four podcasts just on husbands yeah. and wives but I want to transition into the kids part of the ch the children part of this because first of all um praise the lord that Paul addresses this uh for the children too and I'm not just saying that as a selfish parent um uh I think that it's really important but I think it's even more important that Paul addresses husbands and wives first. And I think that as we work in greater unity and harmony as husbands and wives, and we're loving and living in such a way that our children will see what the kingdom of God is like. Mm. And they will say, wow, I want to obey God. I want to be mm. faithful to what God has for me. And their obedience will come from a place of love and surrender to God, not just, you know, punishment-based or discipline-based or fear-based obedience. And this is what I have to do to be culturally accepted and have peace. You know, no, it's coming from a place of I also want to, as a kid, show forth the kingdom of God. Mm. And also one day I might be a husband or a wife. You know what I mean? Like, like it, yeah. I just think it's beautiful that if mom and dad are living in such a way, I believe that trickles down and washes over our kids. It's not that it's easy, uh, hardly ever, but it's, it's this sense of if we do our job, then our children will see the kingdom of God. I've already said that, so I'm going to stop. But the next part of here is children obey your parents in the Lord. Isn't that, that's just like how he, his language in the rest of this, this is all for mm -hmm. Jesus. This is for God. This isn't mm -hmm. just to say yes to authority figures. It's this is living this way as unto the Lord, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Um, anything you want to say about that? Cause I, I also want to address the next father statement here. Cause I think it's, really an important part of this. Yeah, I guess a couple of things I want to say. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting. One of the things that uh, we've kind of touched on in several spots here, mm. uh, with, especially though with slavery, and we haven't really talked about that, is that there's this sense in which um, he's telling the children that if you do this, things will go well with you. He's acknowledging there is a power dynamic, right? Kids can't just run off in and um, leave their parents, even when their parents are not being godly or not being good. And so he's saying, look, just because you are believers yeah. doesn't mean that you should, and you're equal in the in the kingdom of God, doesn't mean you should just run off and do your own thing, right? Yeah. That's not going to bless you. And I feel like that's a little bit of what he's talking about with the slavery too here. It is um, descriptive, not prescriptive. He's not saying, because this passage has been used to say slavery is is biblical which is, we yeah. can't not say that and and we, some of us would love for Paul to say this is you know this this way of life is wrong but what Paul realizes is that that 
they're in the midst of this situation. They have to work from where they're at out and trust God with the with the restoration of all things. And so I feel like that's a little bit of what he's getting at with the children here too. Like, look, you got to, you know, do what is right before the Lord. Yeah. And yep. and that puts that that is the best way forward no matter what the situation looks and, like. And I think that's true for yeah. all of these groups. And, and isn't it beautiful, Kristen? You've I'm sure you've heard this from your own kids, but also as someone who's done kids ministry in the past that it is a beautiful thing when a child, a teenager puts something together in their heart and their mind about what God has asked them to do, or that they're getting biblical truths or principles and they've learned how to apply it. There's something beautiful, um, like when my kids just randomly will say, give me A to Z memory verse that we're doing at church, you know, that, that Matt and Susie Zitto introduced to us. My kids, I think, have A to Z down. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes they'll go, hey, dad, give me Give me, let's do A to Z memory. You know, it's like this beautiful thing. They're thinking about how to honor God. They're thinking about the word of God. They're thinking about that stuff. And when I see them live this out in ways that is just beautiful, where they do serve each other, where uh, they respond kindly to th their mother and me when we ask them to do something, you know, and they have this heart of obedience. It's this beautiful thing and it's not and it goes way beyond my piece in you know what yeah. that does for us as parents is just to see them living this out is so inspiring and even mm -hmm. challenging for us as parents to go wow <laughs> look at that heart look at that amazing attitude look at how they love the lord and want to serve him you know in yes. these ways so it's just we can learn from them this isn't i i've learned from my kids every stinking day i think i think that having kids was the biggest growth opportunity spiritually for me ever mm. in my life because mm. for exactly for that because because your kids will will <laughs> I, i'll never forget uh there was one particular um season where Jay was getting really bullied mm. and oh man you just want to go mama bear so bad right. like I'm going to go in there and knock heads and mm -hmm. you know like it, it was it was a real clear situation which it really is right yeah, but this was yeah. a real clear like this is a bigger kid an older kid you know Jay's a little one you mm -hmm. know just you know and um I remember him him <laughs> saying you know well I, I'm going to love them until mm. they're my friend. Wow. Ah, right. Like, wow. you're like, oh man. And I had to really struggle with that because you're first, you're like, okay, check it. I'm not saying anything <laughs> out loud because you're right. But in your heart, you're yeah. saying, but no, mm -hmm. right. But no, you, they're bigger than you. They have the power. You're going to, you know, like, no, this yeah. is, I'm but, not going to let you pay that cost. But justice. Right? That's what, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to be your prote your pro your protector. And yeah. there is stuff to wrestle with there, mm -hmm. to be sure. And there were times when I did um, intervene, and I right. think that was appropriate. Mm -hmm. But boy, I had to really check my attitude sure. about what's really going on here. Yeah. And and um, you just learn you learn powerful things from your kids. And when we don't treat them. Um, as the souls that they are created to be, right, and understand this, we miss that. Mm -hmm. um, we miss that. And we miss that demonstration of the kingdom, right, that the Holy Spirit's at work in us. And there are things to be learned and um, from each other. So, yeah. yeah. And that's that leads me, and I'll try to be brief with this, that just leads me into, you know, our kids are stuck in some ways with the good and the bad that is in us that is yes. naturally passed oh down gosh. to them you know the positive and negative maybe that's a better way than saying good or have bad. i told you uh, uh have i told you uh the joke that i think it was beth moore's husband made which was uh listen kids we know you're going to need therapy in the future don't <laughs> worry we're putting money aside <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> that that was, like that, was that. That be, yeah. a version of that became our family joke for a while. Like, right. like, like we get it. We're not. <laughs> we're, we're. I'm sure we're breaking stuff. And, uh, I just. Like, I yeah. I mean, I just. I think we have to understand that yeah. there. You know, Brody in particular. <laughs> 
is we, we you know we see we see both of us in both of our kids both the positive and negative but uh brody looks like he's he's my doppelganger he's he's looks just like i did only i think he's better looking um <laughs> than i was at his age but uh you know there's thing there's things that come out of his mouth that that infuriate me that infuriates me but at the same time i hear myself yeah oh and so, so true i have to i have to bring correction when necessary i have to teach him um and you know i can't just let that negative part thrive because hey it's who i you know how can i tell i have to teach him i'm supposed to bring them up um and and teach them these good things and teach them how to be disciples mm. and mm. good human beings um mm. but we have to also recognize hey it's they got us in them and yeah. uh we can teach them through our own examples of what self-control looks like of how to learn how to filter what comes out of your mouth you know mm. that that the initial thoughts and feelings <laughs> that might you know that are authentic yeah. we have to learn how to allow the holy spirit to help us work through those things so that we can say helpful things so that we can encourage people right. so that we can be peacemakers and be a part of bringing unity everywhere we go and uh, yeah. And that kind of leads into, for me at least, Kristen, as a father, and I think this goes for moms too, but I think probably culturally this was important for Paul to mention this little verse here. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We have to be careful <laughs> as parents to make sure that we are not intentionally or even unintentionally causing our kids to struggle and giving them frustrations. And I think part of this for me, Kristen, how I, how I need to apply this to my life is I don't want there to be a double standard. Mm. I want them to see that I am submitting to God's word, that I'm submitting to mm. my wife and loving her in such a way and that I'm even even in how I talk with my kids and react to different situations, yeah. that I yeah. am being a peacemaker, that I am bringing in the opportunity for healing and growth to happen, not just frustration and be quiet and, you know, yeah. obey me because I'm the big dad. Right. You know, it's, it's, exactly. It's bringing peace to the situation. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. I think, you know, um, from the reading that I've done, uh, fathers would have had the because they're the power in the in the household, they're the ones who have the primary responsibility for how you raise your kids. Now, certainly women had a role in that. Um, but I think, you know, in our culture, we might more uh, apply this as parents, right? Mm -hmm. Don't exasperate your kids. Don't, yep. do, you know, it's, man, I remember, um, and still, but especially when my kids were younger, so often having to be like, okay, why is this important to me? Mm -hmm. Is it important to me because... Uh, this is what I want. This is what is convenient for me. This is what works better for me. Or is this actually important <laughs> yeah. for, you know, like, like whose needs are really on the table or who's, oh, here's a big one. Whose pride, whose image am I protecting? Am I actually doing what's yeah. right and good to teach my kids? Or am I worried about how I, my kids mm -hmm. make me look? Mm -hmm. And that is the older they get, the harder that challenge becomes mm. to sort through you know it what's really <laughs> what's really on the table when they when when I'm frustrated with them <laughs> and often more often than not what was on the table was I don't like the way that looks I don't like the way other people will think mm. about that and um that's not a good reason to say <laughs> no that's <laughs> as much as we'd like to, right? Like yeah. that's that's not you know. I'm laughing because that hits so, home with me. That right? That, I uh, think it's that's so true. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really hard. But again, it's a power dynamic, right? Uh, you know, I have the power, yeah. so I can choose to form things in a way that is mm. convenient and in the way I prefer them to look, or I can think about what would really 
build you up in the Lord? What would really encourage yeah. you? What, where yeah. you, you know, what, what's going to cause flourishing for you? Not me. Right. And yep. that's, yeah. You yeah. know, one thing it strikes me as we're working through this passage and as we get into the slaves part of this, Paul doesn't just say, wives submit to your husbands, husbands submit to your wives. He doesn't say children, just obey your parents, just do it. He doesn't even just say slaves, just do the, just obey. You know, there's yeah. kingdom reasons. There's this unity piece to this, which yeah. we've talked. I guess it's not, this isn't anything new I'm bringing up. No, but, but it's a good point. But I think that there, there is a positive side to this that we should really just grab hold of and embrace and seek after and pursue folks. And, you know, it makes, it, I think this part with the slaves I, I mean, I even like the term earthly masters in mm -hmm. here and uh, I'd be, I'd be interested in what the original language says there and how that's been translated mm. down through the years. Mm. But, um, mm. I, I just, I think that we, this is so, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? This is so countercultural folks not just originally in the original context, this is countercultural for us today. This whole passage is so against what our society tries to push and what our society says is healthy and good and pleasing. And you just, you got to take yourself selfishness out of the equation here. It has no room to breathe in light of everything Paul's talking here. This is total selflessness. This is how the kingdom of God works. This is what Jesus did for us. Total selfless, mm -hmm. selflessness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm using good English today or not, but <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this is what's good for the body of Christ and for our testimony to those around us. This was, probably very hard for some people who maybe were abused in these slave situations, you know, this would have been hard to hear. Yeah. Um, this, this is not something we should either take lightly either just because we have a different type of context when it comes to slavery, but we've got to understand the dynamic relevance of this to the original hearers of this. And yet the power that's there of what Paul is showing us about the kingdom of God and God's heart for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so good. You know, I am um, reflecting a little bit on uh, this um, paper that I just wrote on a book called the rise of Christianity by a social scientist who Rodney Stark, not a believer uh, wanted to look at why did Christianity grow in these cities um, so rapidly. What what do we understand about that? And one of the things that I found so um, encouraging um, and convicting is that um, in several ways, Christianity grew because mm. it became apparent to the people around that it was a better way to live, literally. Um, wow. Women were... Um, uh, overconverted into Christianity because they were treated so much better by Christians, even in spite of a stricter moral code. Yeah. Um, the value of marriage, the ability to let women uh, function, uh, you know, have roles, have authority, um, the fact that they didn't marry women off at 11 or 12, like mm -hmm. the culture did around mm -hmm. them, um, all of those things. The uh, fact that when ep there were a couple of epidemics where about 30% of the population died, and um, the pagan world around, when people were sick, you abandoned them. And a lot of people died just because they didn't have food and water, not from the illness. Yeah. But the Christians didn't do that. The Christians took, because their ethic is, you take care of the sick and the poor, which mm -hmm. also meant that when they were sick and poor, they took, they got, they received aid that they needed. Yeah. Um, you know, babies were thrown out for any kind of reason, completely normal, mm. acceptable. You don't right. like the sex. You don't think they're right. Mm -hmm. You don't want them because you think mm -hmm. that who knows why. Right. So all of these things work together um, to show that you can actually see that Christians had longer lifespans. Mm. You could actually see that they out survived those in the epidemics. So it became apparent 
that your value system, um, the, the Christian value system in these extreme times of testing was literally like just from a rational perspective a better way right like that there was more flourishing there was more health there was more you know and so um i just love seeing how god the 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 um working out of god's truth and character and glory comes in he made the world he is going you know when we do things his way it will turn out to be to to like be measurable right and and making me think exactly of what you're talking about in here like god is saying you know fighting with each other over who's got the the microphone or the, dra- the steering wheel or whatever <laughs> it gets you nowhere yeah. even even if you are correct Right. Even if there is, you know, and it doesn't mean you never stand up for what's right. That's not what we're talking right. oh, about. Absolutely. But, but um, th- this he's like, that is not the way forward. Mm-hmm. The way forward is to serve me and to serve yeah. each other and to and to trust me with the things that are bigger than you while you live a Christlike life. I mean, that <clears throat> was just so impactful to me um, as I was reading through that that book uh, and through the culture. And I think it speaks to us, you know, um, do we really believe that God's way is better? Mm. Do we really mm. believe that God's character is the best for everyone? Then we need to live like it. Yeah. Amen. You know, that's, I don't know how we can end this any better, this passage, Kristen. So uh, I'm just going to say yes and amen to that. And I, <laughs> I hope today that as you've listened through this and our discussion and Hey, we're working this out too. We're trying to apply this to our own lives. We're not pastors saying we've got this down, follow our whole example. We're saying uh, we, we have growth here too, and we desire to see greater unity in the body of Christ, in our own families, in our own churches, in gatherings, and everywhere we go. We want to see this lived out. And uh, so our prayer is that as we submit more to God, and that's the key, folks, submit to God first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's the greatest commandment, Jesus said. And then love your neighbor. If you do the first, the second becomes much easier. It com- or at least it happens more naturally, I should say. It becomes a part of who we are as we have the love of God and we serve and submit to him. That's going to come out in our everyday lives, like we say, constantly, everywhere we go, everyone we meet. Um, and so I hope you're challenged today. I hope you're encouraged. Mm. I hope that you also have hope today. First mm. of all, that you're not alone. <laughs> if, and, and I want to speak to the different contexts here. If, if you're a husband or a wife and your marriage is struggling or you're just in a hard season and you just need Mm -hmm. refreshment, find that today. Maybe one of the keys for you is to serve your spouse more sacrificially. Maybe the key is Mm -hmm. not to bring up all the faults and all the things that you're, maybe it's, Hey, what can I bring healing to this and life to this by laying down my life a little more and serving them better and more intentionally? And letting go of my own selfishness and, mm. and, and or hurt, you know, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. And then yeah. also, you know, let that trickle down through the rest of our lives and let our see, kids see us living a certain way. Admitting when we make mistakes, because that's part of the grace of God. Um, and just walking in faithfulness to God. And man, whatever this is for you. I pray that today there's real challenge, there's real desire to grow closer to the Lord in your own obedience to Him, and then trusting Him with the other things in our life Mm -hmm. of how He works that out, by the way, for our good, all of these things. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us today, 
And um, thank you, Kristen, for being here on the almost weekly podcast that is Joy and Java. <laughs> we have a lot of fun when we do get together and record yes. these. We hope you have fun listening. We hope you're challenged, refreshed, build up. And we also hope you share this with all your friends, with all your family, <laughs> and let them know about how great Joy and Java is. And uh, till next time, we'll see you right here. Join Java, biblical discussions to fuel your soul.